0: If you can't motivate anyone, what in the world are you supposed to do as a leader to get them on board? That's the topic of today's conversation with my guy, Troy Sacco. It's a brand new day, competitor. Let's get it. Welcome or welcome back to the Compete Everyday podcast. I'm so glad you're here for episode 677 with my guy, Troy. Troy and I had a chance to meet years ago through Compete Everyday. Troy had picked up our Beat Yesterday flag, some wristbands, and copies of my book to help encourage his team as they just work the process. Troy, what I love about this guy is he is in love with the work of sales and not just the final outcome. He loves the research he loves the prospecting he loves the process which is no surprise why he continues to have success at every stop he's been at today we talk about why we can't motivate anyone and what we can do instead as leaders to set our people and our teams up for success whether with us or somewhere else we talk about lessons that troy learned growing up with his grandparents who came over and he was one of the first in his family to be born here in the States. We talk about a whole lot of things, including motivation, mindset, process, and developing others. A lot of things that you as a leader are going to get value out of today, regardless of whether you're in a sales role, management role, or something else, there's value in today's conversation for you. As we dive into today's show, and before we bring Troy on, I want to remind you, if you haven't seen it, summer drop just hit the shelves. That's right. Yesterday and today, our summer collection just released, including a few new banger designs. Our guy Greg in-house designed for us. We got some new caps. We got a whole bunch of stuff. So if you buy into the mentality that hard work buys dreams, if you love being someone that is known for building results in a world of people who just talk the talk, then you're gonna love this new collection because our new shirt, Be Known for Results, Hard Work Buys Dreams, fit in well with some of our new hats featuring a leather patch, featuring the Be Great Today Stitch. We got options for everybody because we know what happens in the middle of summer. Everybody starts to take their foot off the gas. Even though we're already over halfway through the year, people start to relax. (gasps) Start to take it easy. They say, oh, I'll get to it when school starts back. But there are no wasted days in life. You are either moving towards your goals or you're moving away from them. And so we wanted to drop this in the middle of July, knowing this is that moment that sometimes people feel like slowing down. And we don't want to see you slow down because we want to see you make the most of this year. So head on over to CompeteEveryday.com. As always, you can use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get 15% off any order. Is our thank you for listening here to the show. So head on over, check out the new summer collection. And I'm going to go ahead and thank you in advance for continuing to support us and the work we're doing at Compete Every Day to help you be better so you go create better. Now, let's welcome into the show Troy Sacco. Troy, my man, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. It's good to see
0: you. Yeah, you too. Oh, right. I love obviously seeing you repping some Compete Everyday shirt on right now, the classic. Uh, yeah. I loved it. First thing I saw when we popped on the video was was the shirt, dude, which is great. And I appreciate that. Man, we, well, I, I we've gotta got- this, But I got
1: to steal this out of my son's closet half the time. This, this, <laughs> he, he, and he's like, Dad, I want
0: this shirt. I'm like, All right, well, I don't know. I've heard that. It's funny. I've heard that from a few folks. I've sent some shirts to on the show. They're like, "My kids stole it." I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> good a problem sure. to have. Yeah, good sure. problem to have." Okay, so as the guy who is known in my world, which I love, uh, around the mentality, you can't motivate anyone. I'm curious what motivates you.
1: Well, uh, it's interesting because it's it, the the, mo- the word motivation is almost a dirty word in my mind, right? It's very hard. To wrap my head around that word. Um, I think the motivation component really comes from I was raised by my grandparents, so I, I, I really didn't know my mom or dad growing up. So my grandfather was a first generation Sicilian right off the boat, and um he had this really uh solid mindset of if you don't do it, it's not gonna get done. You always hear this phrase people use now, nobody's coming to save you, right? Yep. And I learned that very early on, you know, whether it was um Lifting weights and not being able to get the weight up and him saying, Hey, figure out a way to get this weight up or roll it down your stomach and off the end of the bench, right? Like he was just a you know, figure it out yourself type of mentality. And so I think the motivation comes from um, I, I need to be able to constantly get things done in a way that is um, is by myself and I have there's nobody's gonna come save me, right? And so I learned that really on from my grandfather.
0: Love that. Okay, so I actually want to pull at that a little bit because I'm curious uh, essentially being almost first generation being raised by them, especially if they were coming straight over. Yeah. What are some lessons besides that kind of figure it out, uh, that you remember growing up in your household that maybe as you got older, you realized not everyone was being taught some of those same lessons.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I have a million quotes (laughs) from my grandfather, right? A million of them. Um, but I think, I think he said to me one time, it's okay to do things in a way that lets other people down. It's okay to not get your work done. It's okay to sleep in late. It's okay to, um, you know, cut the grass and and leave edges around the lawn. It's okay to do all those things. You just can't do that and live here. And, you know, it was a really great lesson for me because, When you're talking about trying to motivate somebody to do something, it doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they're not motivated humans. They're just not motivated to do that particular thing. And so when you're in the, the world that I'm in relative to sales and prospecting and driving revenue that wouldn't normally come to you, I call that RUTA, revenue out of thin air, right? When you're doing those things, I deal with people all the time that are really motivated humans. They're just not motivated to do those things. And so the places I've been really successful in life have come from that lesson I learned from my grandfather, which is doesn't mean you're a bad person. You can do all of those things. You just can't do that and live here. And so I kind of take that into the world that I'm in now, which is, hey, you don't have to wake up every morning being excited about prospecting. You don't have to wake up every day and want to do one more of everything, whether it's a phone call or an email or a networking event. You don't have to do that. You just can't do that and work here. Right. So it's, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just, it's not an alignment. Right. So how do you,
0: so I'm curious, cause you've had, you have such an interesting career as we've gotten to know each other in hospitality sure. and live entertainment and attractions. Mm-hmm. And how do you communicate that to people on your team? I'll say in twofold, one, you obviously have a control with people you hire, but when you go into a new place, how do you yep. communicate that to people that you didn't quote pick
1: yeah. without
0: them taking it personally. Cause to your point, you're not a bad person. Yeah. You just can't do that here with this culture.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is where all of, all of that falls onto me. It actually becomes almost a hundred percent my responsibility and my goal and objective to pour everything I can into that person, give them every resource, every tool, every chance, every leadership, um, notion that I've ever learned, pour it all in. Because at the end of the day, when we come to a place of, is this really what you want to be doing? I can sleep at night knowing I've done everything I can to help this person be successful. So right off the bat, when I'm talking with people that I didn't hire, I just, I I kind of inherited them with the organization is I'm really, really careful to help them understand that my job is to take what you do really well and be additive to it um, I'm not going to teach you how to sell this golf course, this theme park, this restaurant better than you know how to sell it. My job is to come in and teach you how to prospect and drive more opportunity than you ever, you know could handle. So as long as I can extend that olive branch to you, and that's how our relationship will work. It establishes a credibility that says,, um, I'm not going to put you in a position to fail because I'm going to give you everything I have to be successful. And at some point, you'll realize: Are you motivated to do the things you need to do to be successful in the organization? Most of the time, they they self-select out. It's it's uh, they, this isn't really what I want to be doing. I'd rather answer the phone for you know a hotel group than than be in a position where I'm doing outbound prospecting, um, you know, for a family entertainment center. And so, it actually very little confrontation or, or issues because. They know I'm coming from a true place and they kind of understand this isn't really what I want to do. So,
0: okay. So, I want to ask along those lines because I'm always fascinated and have had this conversation with some of my clients of when you get those employees and you're trying to essentially coach them up. It's really easy for a lot of people who don't, haven't been coached up, haven't done the development work, which I know you're constantly, how do I get better? Yeah. They always put it on them. Versus the reflection back of what am I not doing? How am I not communicating this? Where am I not coaching them up? And so I'm curious from your standpoint, kind of what are the questions you tend to ask yourself if somebody's struggling, feeling that friction to make sure that you give not only them every opportunity to be successful, but you also realize like I've done everything I can to give them the shot.
1: Yeah, so that's really simple. So I use this method called the five rules of communication. So anytime that I'm trying to ask somebody to do something that may be outside their comfort zone or outside their skill set or something that may be a little different, I always make sure that I'm answering these five things. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Why is it important? How am I doing? And what's in it for me? And if I don't answer all five of those questions during my delivery and during my coaching and teaching and mentoring process, if they fail, that's on me. That's not on them. And so, um, and I tell them these things beforehand, like one of the first, you know, interactions I have with sales folks is, I'm going to talk to you in this way, the five rules of communication. And here's what I'm going to be explaining when we do things that are different and maybe uncomfortable. And and so when, when, when they succeed, I, it's a mutually beneficial uh, success, right? Because I know that I've done everything I can do to help them win, and they've taken that and applied it. And when there's failure, I can, I can do with, I can, I can talk about that in a way that says I've done all of the right things. Now let's work on what one of the five things did you struggle with and how we can go back and try to, you know, uh, fix that problem.
0: Where did you learn that?
1: Um, well, (laughs) I actually learned it from my college football coach. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, um, when I got to Emporia state university, um, My head coach, Manny Matzakas, put in an offense called the Sting and Shoot. It actually was the same offense that was at Hofstra University when he coached Wayne Corbett, and it was a variation of the offense at Texas Tech um, under uh, Danny Amendola and Wes Welker with uh, with Coach Leach. It's a very complex offense, extremely complex. And so um, as you're going through this process, you know, you played sports. You may have some athletes that unbelievable athletic ability, but from a you know, processing standpoint, sometimes they struggle, et cetera. And so, you know, our coach, my coach would say, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this information with these five points. And if you don't get it, that's on you. If I don't give it to you that way, that's on me. Is that fair? And we all, you know, that's, and that's how I learned to be able to deliver information. It actually came from the football field.
0: I love that. Okay. So, Take us back a little bit. You, you played college football. Uh, you got out of school, you did something before you started this path in sales. Take me back to your career and how you ended up in actually sales and just kind of loving that. I would almost call it the grind of sales because yeah. you love the the work aspect more than just the reward.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, so I went to college to be a teacher and a coach. That's all I ever wanted to do. Right. So, um, you know, the teachers, the, the coaches in my life were very influential as I'm sure yours was as well. And so that's what I really focused on doing throughout college. Um, I did try to play professionally and I, I wasn't good enough, uh, on a couple of different levels and, you know, it hurts to say that, but, but I, the experiences you learned playing college football, you know, taught me everything that I know now. Right. So it's, um, it was very beneficial, but what I would do is, um, during that coaching and, and teaching process, my first year out of college, um, I interacted with people in a way that they would say, hey, man, you you should you should try sales. You should try that. And I was like, "Ah, no, you know, my passion's teaching and coaching, et cetera. And so the first summer I took a job selling advertising inside the stadiums for the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, that with PSP, Ronnie Davis, yep. our buddy Ronnie. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I made more money in one summer than I almost did an entire year teaching. Right. So I was like, you know what, let me try this for a little bit and see how it goes. And then I met a, a really great mentor of mine that, that told me, you can have a career in sales and also fulfill your passion with teaching and coaching, but you have to change your career trajectory. You have to be willing to um, do things that your other sales you know, colleagues won't be willing to do. And and so I had to change and I, I just poured myself into learning as much about human psychology as I could, about human behavior. Um, the sales process and discovery sessions and blueprinting and setting competitive traps and all that stuff and so I just started to apply the work ethic of for a long time in my life sports in college and I was able to combine it something I'm really passionate about which is teaching and coaching and I just fell into something that I would happen to be good at which was sales and that's kind of where I'm at now It's it worked out incredibly well. It, it has, it has.
0: And, and so and that's originally how we connected is the beat yesterday flags and, and some of the gear you were outfitting your team with at the time. One of the things I'm curious about, and it's probably your athletic competitive mentality, but you've gone through different pivots. You've yep. made career jumps. Sometimes you've been forced to make jumps because changes at yep. an organization. Yeah. How do you remain, I would almost say, um, optimistic I feel like I feel like when you and I went and sat down after during this last transition period you still had this mentality of not like what was me world's out to get me it's like hey here's a couple things I'm thinking about doing here's what where where my head's at how have you been able to keep I would almost say be resilient in the face of constant changes either that were forced on you or you chose
1: yeah that's a that's a great question because um, I'm going to relate it back to football which is relatable to a lot of folks there is a lot of ways to win a Super Bowl. And you know, my college coach talked all the time about inheriting athletes when he when he came into Emporia State there were unbelievable athletes, great athletes. They just didn't fit that system. It doesn't mean that the system doesn't work. It doesn't mean that the system's broken. It's just not the right fit in that particular moment. And so, um, the when you use the word resilient, the way that I really look at that word is that. Um, I'm just, I'm consistent to myself. I I I have a a plan and a process, and I know that it works, and I know it's successful, and I know that people that I've coached and taught and mentored believe in that process. And so it may not be the right fit, you know, in that exact environment, but that doesn't mean that the process is broken. And and I can look back in my career and see massive success everywhere that I've been. And sometimes it's just not the right fit, and and that's okay, you know. Um, Andy Reid's not going out and, and drafting Jerome Bettis, right? Yep. Right? Um, and it doesn't mean that Jerome Bettis is a bad running back. It doesn't mean Andy Reid's a bad coach. It's just um, you have a system and a process. And so <clears throat> I think that's allowed me to be really successful because I go out and hire salespeople that fit the system that that um, that works for me.
0: Yeah. That, and that, that makes complete sense. I mean, it's no different than uh, in the book, Fourth and Goal Every Day, they talk about Nick Saban He adopted essentially Gil Brandt's old Dallas Cowboys draft Bible from the 70s of like, here's the size, here's the speed, and that's for this position. And that's how Saban recruits all of his guys, except for, you know, he's got an anomaly in Tua or Bryce Young. But for the most part, to your point, these are the characteristics. These are the things I look for because they fit my system. Your system has done really well in hospitality, and I would say, is it events, live attraction? How how do you describe the work you're doing now at Five Star Parks?
1: Yeah, so uh, essentially, um, in the event and hospitality world, anybody that's looking to plan an event at a facility, um, uh, one of ours, is that's the world that I live in, right? Um, Now I'm at Five Star. I'm the senior VP of Sales and Marketing, so I handle walk-in as well, which is really the exciting part of my career because for the first time, I, <clears throat> I have the ability to take my thought process and, and the way that I think about things and apply them to walk-in business as well, right? So, yeah. you know, the Dave & Buster's or main event, I was very siloed into events and had a lot of success. Fogo, very siloed into events. I spent about a decade or so in the golf world, very siloed into events and um, had a lot of success there. But with Five Star, I had the ability to do the walk-in side of the business too. So, um, that's what's so exciting about this challenge for me there. And I'm loving it. It's an incredible organization. Yeah.
0: Well, when we were playing golf uh, a few weeks back, I was laughing that as I've watched on LinkedIn, because you're you're highly active on there, which I love, is I'm watching when you started at Five Star and I'm seeing the new hires and I'm seeing kind of how you, you do a phenomenal yeah. job of promoting your people and in, in the excitement. But I was like, oh, this looks like what he was doing in the restaurant space. Yeah of general manager, you know, the event planner at the, at Fogo and Plano, like handling all of that, going out and getting the business. And I had never seen that before. Yeah. And so curious to you, because you had done so much in the past of, you know, the the golf business, it's all planned events. Now you've got the, the, the walk-in.
1: How did you know this might work? Well, you know, (laughs) not that I didn't, it's not that I knew it would work. It's just, I, I, I really believe people buy from their teachers and they buy what they trust. And a walk-in consumer is no different than an event consumer in that you're making a decision and it's one decision that affects 20 people with an event or five people with a family. But the decision-making process is the same. And so one of the things that we focus so much on is on the walk-in side of the business is education, teaching, coaching the the customer to understand and trust us. And what we found is that the results are very applicable like they are in the event world. People behave the same. They're making decisions for their family based on our model, which is safe, clean, fun, right? At Five Star. And in the events world, it's the very same thing. You have an executive admin who's making a decision to bring a holiday party someplace. But the reason she's making that decision is because of the same thing that I've done for 20, you know, two and a half decades. And this mom or dad who's bringing their families making that decision, because of the education and the trust that we've built.
0: And that makes and that makes complete sense. You saw the correlation yeah. there. Yeah. All right, sure. So I, I, as we kind of wrap up, uh, and this has been funny, I love just kind of how you've shared the mentality, as well as your approach to finding the right people. Because I think a lot of our listeners, especially those in sales, are thinking, you know, they're kind of looking more for who wants to be in sales or who looks like a motivated individual versus really, to your point, refining what's the fit for our program, the system we're trying to run Uh and being effective at that. And then realizing to your point, you can't motivate them. So how do you set them up for success, but also realize like, if it's not a fit, there's nothing personal. I want to switch gears slightly, but just for pure fun as we get ready to wrap up the show. You're at Five Star Parks Entertainment. You said you want to be known. Remind me again. Safety, clean, fun, fun, safe, safe, clean, fun. That's right. Safe, clean, fun, which is the complete opposite of something we've talked about that you went to as a kid and is now a Netflix documentary, right? Of Class Action Park. Is it the 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 Netflix show? yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. okay? So you went as a kid. What do you remember about this? For anybody that's seen this documentary, it is one of the more fascinating yeah.
1: ones, uh, I so would say. But word. yeah, that's a great word. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Yeah, uh, we went as a field. We went on a field trip, so it was uh, with school, so it was pretty regulated, and you know, um, it was one of those. It was one of those moments where I wasn't going as a teenager with just four or five friends. So it was with a school, and it was a field trip. So. Um, I don't remember a lot of the, the nuances of the, of the documentary. I wish yeah. I had some great stories. Um, but if, if people you're alive have to tell them though, which I'm um, surprised half the people that, are yeah, no kidding, man, it's, um, it's uh, now, now in the business that I'm in now, knowing that it's, it's kind of crazy to put a human being in a slide that goes, <laughs> you know, a loop like this is like, but as a kid, you don't know any different. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's it was a, a incredible documentary. I highly suggest it to anybody. Great entertainment, great watch, and uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy.
0: Okay, so that that actually leads me to the next, the last question I have, because of that culture and values, you obviously look for the right kind of person for the sales team. Yeah. The organization as a whole, though, does that as well in order to execute on those values and that mission. Sure. What were some of the things that stood out to you? when you were joining Five Star that said, okay, they're looking for a little bit different of an individual, which obviously is someone, it's almost like you're being recruited for a football program. There's something that's appealing about, I fit with these types of people.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's really, it was really two things that drew me to the organization. First was the individual that, that, you know, drew me to the company, which is a guy by the name of Wes Marks. Wes and I worked together at main event. We have a very similar thought process. You put, you know, you do what's best for your people. You do what's best for the business. And, you know, when he asked me to to to, to come and, and join the organization, I trusted Wes and his decision making. And so that was a big one, right? Because I knew that the person I would be working with hand in hand, sales and ops, you hear these horror stories of sales and ops, you know, button heads. And I knew right away that that would not be the case with Wes and I because we come at it from the same place. That was a, a real big one. The second is the the CEO, John Dunlap, who was with uh, SeaWorld and, and just a, an incredible guy in, if, you know, in all aspects. What he said to me is, is that you get a chance to build something and do it the way that you want to do it. Build the culture, build the organization from a sales and marketing perspective the way that you want to, to do it. And and allowed me to really come in and say, these are all the things that I've been successful at. But here is this small little bucket of things. Jake that I've always wanted to try but never had the ability to to try and so um you know that's the stuff I'm really getting to enjoy because now it comes along with a lot of responsibility right if it doesn't work then I'm you know I'm on the hook but but we're having a lot of success we're having a lot of fun we we are the fastest growing family entertainment center um, organization in the country and as of this last acquisition of funland we now are the largest privately held, family entertainment center company in the United States, micro theme park. Um, and so you think of Six Flags, right? Six Flags, it's yeah. like, oh my God, they're a huge organization. They have 27 parks. Well, we have 27 parks. It's crazy to think we're on the same level. They deal with huge theme parks and we're in the micro theme park world. So, um, But that's why, I, that's why I really got excited. I, I would have the ability to do the things I love to do in the culture building that I like. And I was doing it with uh, people that I know and trusted, right? Hey, people buy from their teachers, they buy what they trust. And so that's right. That's right. No,
0: I love that. Well, and I love the aspect of that culture, which we talked a little bit about is the ability to trust your people to try things, to come to experiment. And I think there's part of that probably on your sales team too, of based on how you're coaching and asking questions, there's opportunity and space in those conversations for them to say, hey, Troy. I have an idea. I want to try something to where you're open to that because that's how you discover.
1: That's it. I have at it. Right. It's um, the, the thing that I really enjoy is once you find the motivated humans that they are motivated to do what you're asking. Um, and now you're just spending time inspiring them. And it's it's like working with um, a, a colleague and a partner in the process. Um, versus an employee that you're 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 making them do things they don't want to do and so that's where all the fun is, right? It's um we do these things called game plan reviews where every quarter um the sales team comes and they say, hey, here are the segments of business that I want to go after in the next three months driving revenue that wouldn't normally come to us. And some of the really cool and creative things that they come up with are things that I I may never even heard of, but let's go try it and um and shoot I, if you need me to go and Pick up the phone and and call and and do it with you. I'll do that too, right? So it's a lot of fun for sure. I
0: Love it, I love it, Troy. Man, yeah. thanks for coming on the show this week. We have linked to your uh, LinkedIn profile here sure. in the show notes, so for anyone can follow along. Troy puts out a ton of great content, and then obviously, if somebody's interested in hosting an event, we know you've got a armed team ready That's to get right. ready to take yeah, multiple locations,
1: coast to coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, um, we are basically uh Midwest and East. We don't have anything kind of west of Texas, but it's coming. It is coming. Uh we're 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 looking at Arizona and Vegas for some locations. So uh, but yeah, we have 27 parks all over the country. And um anything that you want to do from a family fun standpoint on the walk inside, we got you covered. And if you want to host some events, we can do that as well.
0: Love it, man. I love it. Troy, thanks for hanging out today, man.
1: Hey, buddy, it was great seeing you. Talk soon. Bye bye.